Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane de Gregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. Today's topic, the helpers. Joining us today is one of our favorite people, John Pendergraf. John has been on the podcast before, but we're dragging him into it today to talk about a project that he inspired in the time of coronavirus. John, as some of you know, is an amazing photojournalist and a guy who often gets paired up with my crew here at the Times, for which we're very grateful. So, John, talk about the helpers. What were you thinking? Uh, it came in a, in a couple little moments. The first was uh, Fred Rogers' quote started going around on Facebook. I think it was a meme for a little bit. And it said, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Where there are helpers, there's hope. And this was, you know, right at the beginning. I don't, I'm sure everybody remembers that first week and it was just rotten for everybody. Um, I mean, that first week ish. And it just seemed like, and it was clear that this was going to go for a little while. So, um, it seemed kind of like a no brainer to start looking for, uh, and into the future as, as this went on, that it may become more important to have, that sort of a communal voice and a positive voice. John, did that speak to you more because you have a daughter at home, a young child? It's hard because I got a kid at home and I have uh, this inner child that's not so inner. And <laughs> so I don't know who it spoke to. I love Mr. Rogers. But, but certainly uh, her being at home and her being at home more has been inseparable. I mean, this whole experience has been a as, as any parent out there knows, this inseparable sort of melding of mind space when you're trying to deal with homeschooling your kid and your job and, in this case, creativity and covering news and all that kind of stuff. Anybody who knows John knows. I mean, there's definitely some cynical reporters and photographers on our staff, but John is always a big well of positivity. So it totally did not surprise me that this is where your, your brain went of like all this bad stuff's happening. Let's tell the good stuff. Well, just hanging out with Lane will do that, won't it? You know? <laughs> uh, I, I always say um, that the stories – Lane always says, oh, the story just found me. And I'm like, the stories don't – they find you so they can crawl up in your heart and be told because oh. you just had that sort of uh, attraction to the universe and positivity. Positivity? <laughs> positivity and, and good stories. So you have this thought, and then did the, did the butcher find you or did you find the butcher? Well, the the butcher lives down the block, and he uh, he started as a butcher. Now he has smoke and jays. And one of the comfort strategies that my daughter has has been smoke and jays mac and cheese. And so, you know, we were going down there, and and I saw that he was giving away the hot dogs. Uh, and I know that his business was really uh, under stress as any restaurant 
business was. And I thought it was really telling that he was taking the time uh, and the expense and, and everything, given his own pressures to make sure that people were getting food. He did the same thing in, in Hurricane Michael. He loaded up a, a U-Haul uh, full of donated items and barbecue and took it up to the panhandle. So uh, he was the first one. I was, I, and he's got the side of his smoker is this peeled off beautiful red paint that's just this backdrop that I've always been dying to photograph somebody in front of, um, which was the other, one of the things about the helpers was that it, it felt like it, it was sort of a puzzle piece. We needed positivity and we needed to be able to cover these stories safely. So we need to be able to stay six feet back. And I thought portraiture is a great way to do that. Um, so it was from the beginning we said, you know, we can tell people, OK, we'll set some really nice kind of high end lighting. We'll stand back with a long lens. You can go stand in the lighting, you know, we'll pop, 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 and then you can leave and we'll go get the light. So everything can be done uh, from 10 or 15 feet away. These are photographs. We even said this is mostly photographers doing not only the portraits, but also the writing of the stories and the finding of the ideas. It's been almost all photographers, right? Oh, right. I mean, it's open, open to staff, but certainly. <clears throat> yeah, no, it has all been, you know, it started with John and um, it's, uh, I think we're up to, what do we say? We're on the sixth one now. And I think all but one has been written by the photographers. So talk about that too, John. I mean, that's, um, it's actually been fun for me to work with you um, in, in that role, but uh I, I know sometimes we force r reporters to take pictures, but it's often not the other t other way around. Yeah, I thought it was a great opportunity. Um, we are in this constrained environment. And, you know, one of the things that made me think of this was I was reading an American cinematographer and it was talking. Uh, there was an interview with a independent filmmaker and he was talking about how being an independent filmmaker and not having the resources of a lot of you know, high budget filmmakers is actually a great thing because constraints uh, are actually good for creativity. Um, and so this, you know, the helpers kind of felt like, OK, so we have this puzzle that we piece that we need to put together. We need to be able to, um, as a photo staff, make ourselves valuable to be able to produce quality photography under these conditions where we don't get to hang out with people like we normally do. We don't even get to be close to people. Um, and we're in a, a news cycle that's going to be just filled with negativity. So kind of putting those together, the idea of finding helpers with a little help from Mr. Rogers, um, committing to doing high-end portraiture so that we have something in the paper that can highlight uh, skilled photography. Um, and starting to tell the kind of stories Ultimately, when people's grandparents or w when you hear about the depression, you, you don't you hear from your grandparents about the helpers and all the great things that people do. Um, and there was this sort of, well, why not start telling those stories now? The stories that we're going to remember, we're going to look back on and are going to be of real value. Those human sort of stories of, of um, giving and sacrifice. So putting it all together just kind of felt like a puzzle piece that would work for these weeks or months or however long we're going forward. So I guess that's um, it was sort of an exercise in recognizing the new constraints and thinking, 
what can we do that's, that would be valuable to readers and give us a chance to practice our craft uh, all at the same time. Did that make any sense? <laughs> they're, they're all beautifully framed, too. I mean, for our listeners out there, none of these stories are probably even a thousand words long. They're pretty contained and and um, beautifully told to go with the portrait. I, I was, I'm glad you said what you did about portraits, because I was wondering, like, most of you guys usually like to shoot people in their world doing their job. And so I was curious about how the still portraiture came about. But that's a perfect answer. Like, you're self-distancing, right? It's like. Yeah, we don't get to do the kind of things that, that Lane and I do with, say, Lincoln or um, say if we're going to do, go do a story on farm workers, we don't get to spend six hours or however much time. What's been the reaction to the series? What kind of feedback have you gotten? It's been great. Um, just even pitching the idea, people get it right away and, um, and want to participate. Uh, so, so people get it, and then the reader response has been has been really heartwarming too. And we've heard just what uh, we've talked about, what you would expect to hear, that people are saying thank you for um, putting something out there in the news that that isn't more about the the politics of this and about the bad news of it and about the you know the horrible economic impact and the and all that. I just wanted to know if you have a bunch of others in the pipeline. I imagine lots of people are writing in and suggesting topics for you. Yeah, uh, we got we got a, a bunch coming, which may be out before this comes out. I don't know, um, but stay tuned. But the, yeah, I, I think there's. A, I, I don't think we're going to run out or have any problem with uh, people in the community who are trying to be helpers. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, I think the construct has been really important, it, not just the way that John and others have approached the photography, which is, yeah, I think it's 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 masterful, it, a good a good way to, to make a bad situation into something good is to create these beautiful portraits. But then we've also, yeah, we've been very purposeful about length. They've been really more along the lines of four to 500 words. Um, we want to tell the story of uh, what this person is doing and a little bit about who they are, but we want to do it in a way that it feels like it's not, you know, overwhelming, you know, that it's a good balance between the image and the words. And uh, one thing that I've noticed, and I, I don't know if you picked up on this too, John, just how often it seems to be family legacy. People who talk about the way they were raised and how the, they're, they just have always had this spirit of giving to the community. And so it's just kind of a natural, even in a time like this. So, But that's been really nice to, to showcase people who probably wouldn't make headlines for some of the things that they're doing otherwise. Yeah, the after the talking with John Reisbeck, he was the, the barbecue guy, the first guy. Uh, he went right to 
where his this, his spirit of giving came from, and the second person did too, and so did the third. And it reminded me I had a really good friend when I was growing up who pointed out that people always ask, where are you from? And he was of the opinion that you really should ask people, who are you from? Because everybody has that person or those people that really are the foundation of their core beliefs and how they order their lives. And so on the last two of them, I went ahead and asked people, you know, where'd you get this? You know, who are you from? Where, where did where did this spirit of giving? And it just seems to be, like you said, a, a near universal that, that the stories automatically go into the past, which is not that surprising because when you think about the times of crisis in U.S. history, they're like this, your World War II, your depression. Um, that's what you think of the people in your family or where you came from um, and what they did uh, rather than the details of what happened and, and the human spirit and what lived on in the, your own family's moral code. Um, it seems like that's in the end, looking back, what comes from these events. So long answers. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that that's really cool. Yeah. This has been a nice um, addition, I think, to our coverage and a nice, I, I think one of the things that we struggled with very early on after the pandemic broke was um, just trying to get a good balance in what we were doing. There were so many headlines about all the devastating twists and turns. And I think we've come to a place now, at least in our newsroom, where um, we're, we're doing a better job of of trying to capture, you know, moments like people like this and moments like this. And, and we also have a feature going right now called bright spots where the feature staff, especially, but other people are contributing to it where we're trying to, you know, find that other side of the story so that it's not just this onslaught of negative news. And I, I think readers have been very appreciative of that. I think another takeaway, and, and you can laugh at me, Marie, if you like, but um, it's the, the kind of the hyper local, like when we're not in the newsroom and we're not out driving around all, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles of our coverage area, but we're stuck home in our houses. It's become apparent to me how important that is still in terms of finding little moments within our community. I mean, I'm lucky enough that I live up a couple blocks from John, but we've done, I don't know, John, what, four or five stories just from Gulfport where we just walked to the story in the past month or so, you know? And I know Stephanie's been doing some columns out of Dunedin. So I think just like when we're in our hurricane mode coverage and we hunker down in our little house in our little town, it's important to look out the window. You know, these little helper stories, these bright spot stories, they're going on all around us. We don't have to be downtown, you know, we're in the main part of a coverage area you can find them in your own backyard and i think that that's something missing so much of the story and i think so much of the media that people are getting it is just this pretty repetitive 24-hour cable news cycle or their their own social media feeds they, that are kind of siloed and i think that feeling when you're all locked up like this those little pieces of of life and and characters and stories from your community uh, I, I think are really appreciated. I hope they're really appreciated. Like you were just saying. I think when I, I, I think you're right, Lane. I hadn't really thought about it that way until you, you just said it. But 
we are. We're all sort of scattered and we're close to where we live, not not where we work. And um, we are looking for those opportunities close by and, and things that won't put people in jeopardy. Um, but as I say, I, I also think this has been uh, it just reminds me of what a, what a great newsroom we work in because people are so eager and open to accept new ideas and to pursue things and and are, are just, um, uh, you know, ready to try anything. And and, I, and even in the midst of all of this and everything that's happening, we're, we're still looking for different ways to capture what's going on and, and um, just been doing a lot of different things, um, people writing first person pieces. We, we have launched something that we're calling the scrapbook, where we're encouraging readers to send us, you know, things that, that are happening in their lives. Send us photographs, send us videos, send us, you know, the, the grocery lists, send us the poems they're writing, the songs they're, they're coming up with, the, uh, the routines that they have dis- discovered, the rituals, that kind of thing, so that we can capture that in a way uh, that's sort of a time capsule. Uh, and again, it's just like, you know, somebody comes up with that idea and this, the newsroom's kind of like, sure, let's, let's run at it. And John and I have a helpers coming out where the helper is a box. We have our first <laughs> inanimate helper coming out. I didn't know when you're talking about looking out the window, I didn't know if you wanted me to bust that one out yet. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, that was, when you said that, I was like, yes, Lane. All right. So talk about that one. Cause I, you know, I just want the chance to use the picture of you two stealing a pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> Well, our little town we live in, I live right on the main drag between the uh, community center where we saw the last Zumba class and the library where John's little girl got to check out 30 something books because the library was shutting down. So we had two stories right there from what I can 81 say. books. Yeah. 81. Yeah. How many books? 81? Something like that. What was it? Wow. It was 81 yeah. and she's solid into 60 something. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. But but Lane just just helped her out. She gave gave us the Lemony Snicket series. Oh, so, think, yeah, I just got those from Lane yesterday for Isidore. Anyway, between the library and the senior center, out my window in a parking lot is a little box that's called the Little Free Pantry. And it's like legit the size of an old fashioned half of a phone booth. And um, there have been, you know, normally there's three or four people a day that will come drop some groceries off and three or four people a day that might pick them up. There's been a non-stop steady stream of people from the moment the sun comes up until way after dark and i'm sitting on my porch i'm sitting at my computer looking out the window thinking god this is amazing how many people are just replenishing this little box of free food and how many people need it you know so john and i are staking it out and the box is going to be our next helper subject i think (laughs) it's awesome we found a pineapple yesterday and we found toilet paper which was amazing (laughs) Um, and that's Lane looking out her front window, right? That's just yeah. you, like, yeah. Is it? Isn't that a CCR song? Do 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 something. I don't looking know. out my back door. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Which also, which brings up, and I think you're both really good at this. But I, I, I think that, um, especially now, I mean, just just stopping and paying attention, you think the world has stopped, uh, but it hasn't. There, there are things going on. And um, there's obviously a lot of people in need and and just being able to sort of take it in. And, and I think what's always been great about Lane is that she she's she's not afraid to say, hey, do you think this could be a story? And and, and it's like and often it's like, yeah, of course. Why not? John's like, yeah, and he does the same thing to me. That's why we're <laughs> <good> partners. <laughs> um, 
So, John, the helpers will continue indefinitely. Is that your thought? I don't know. Maybe it'll continue. Let's maybe not. It would be great if if this ended and, and we, you know, all got back to normal at some point. So it's uh, my wife's a medical health reporter, and we're talking back and forth as everybody is about when does this end? How does this end? Um, I, I think the helpers is a is a coronavirus shutdown series. Right. Um, and so. Boy, if we did one more and somebody found a vaccine next week, you know, wouldn't that be great? Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I think they're there. They're, we're, we're in for the we're in for the duration. You know, I will say one of the things I and I've, I've worked my whole career, regional papers, um, regional newsrooms. And I I appreciate that. I think a series like this um, is just it's really well received in a place where people feel like they know each other, even if they don't necessarily know this guy. Maybe they've, like the butcher say, they've seen his place. Or um, we just did one recently about a community activist that I'm sure a number of people are familiar with, but that we stopped and took a moment to see how she was responding in this particular situation. Um, You know, people who, you know, one of the helpers was a retired teacher decided to make masks because she used to love to sew and and do that. Um, And I think it that, you know, whether you know these people or not, it's suddenly, oh, that person's in my neighborhood. And there's just a sense of community that we get to um, draw out from this this series that I think is really nice. Yeah, yeah. It helps to remind people there's good stuff going on in the midst of all this bad. Yeah. All right. On that note, if you have a question for Lane or John, or you want to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at TampaBay.com. Or find us on our Facebook Facebook group. Um, that, too, is called Right Lane. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Allison Graves. And don't forget, she's doing a regular podcast now called Coronavirus in Florida. So listen to that. Uh, music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.